Spotlight, brought to you by the Isle of Man Arts Council. Hello and welcome to Spotlight, the programme dedicated to celebrating arts on our island. I'm Michelle James. On today's programme, we talk new musical project Kitterland and all things poetry. Up first, Joff Whitten joins me in the studio to talk about Kitterland, an event happening this weekend. On the 5th of December at the Air and Arts Centre, I'm part of a little musical arts group and we're showing a silent film and we're creating a score, if that's the right term for it, a piece of music for the film live in the moment and completely improvised. So we've no idea what the music will sound like before the event starts. And we are hoping the music will sound and complement the film, but we'll be kind of watching it at the same time as the audience and responding to bits as we see them. Um, And I hope it will be, it's supposed to be quite atmospheric. You know, it's a nice sort of December evening. The 5th of December is a a Sunday. So it's supposed to be a sort of a Sunday kind of event rather than a a Friday kind of event. But yeah, it's quite calm, I hope maybe exciting in places, maybe a bit mad in places, but that's kind of the point of what we do. And you describe the music as using analogue modular synths, Mm -hmm. looped guitars and vocals. Yes, exactly. Tell me more. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Modular synths. Gets a bit geeky, this is. So a lot of people have heard of the name, perhaps heard of the name Moog or Moog, depending on how you pronounce it, but M-O-O-G, you might have seen the T-shirts. So um, it's kind of an old style of synthesizer, and so it's not digital, so it's not like a computer where you kind of press play and things just happen. It's you have oscillators that you turn on and then you twist dials and knobs to make them create sounds that you like modular means that you can take kind of outputs and inputs from various different places and wire them across different different things so it's quite nerdy and quite technological but it's kind of amazing the sounds they make um it's the early part of synthesis so before the digital stuff kind of kicked in so 70s style i suppose you might kind of put it down as um and then the looped guitars that's using kind of looping pedals some musical people might know of those but that's when you get a sound going into it you press a record button and then when you finish doing your sound you press the play button and then it loops just round and round and round on that moment Mm -hmm. and we've synced and and organized everything so it's all talking to each other so all of like the synths talk to the loops and bits and pieces so it's all in time um but then created live in that moment. So wow, my part within it is more kind of, I've got synths, but I'm more kind of guitar and vocals side of things. And then Tibor, my musical companion, he's more the synth and then guitar. So it's kind of a way we meet in the middle. I can start with guitar, go to synth, and then Tibor goes synth, guitar, and we sort of meet in the middle. Um, but the joy of it is when he comes up with an idea and I kind of hear it and riff off it and then respond. And then he hears that response and kind of riffs off that as well. So it's, it's really, yeah, it's lovely. It's lovely to be part of. It's very meditative to be part of. Um, and it's quite long form as well, which is an interesting one because people expect pop tunes these days. They expect short little sequences mm-hmm, of music. Mm-hmm. And we're making long form music. So jams that Tibor and I have can be about two hours long. And you've no idea where you're going to get to during that two hours, but it's really fun. And then you get to these points going, wow, this sounds like actual music that we're making. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's really, you know, I, creatively, I find that really exciting and interesting. What led you to make the decision to put it in front of an audience? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I, I mean, it, it, again, it's about music and relationships with music. I come from a performancey sort of background. So, you know, I've used to do bands and gigs and I'd expect to be in a pub. I'd expect to have an audience watching me expectantly and then play some songs and they'd start and stop and kind of go, there, that's music. You know, that's live music. Um, Tibor, his background perhaps is a bit more DJ-ish. Mm-hmm. What we're doing now, it's really hard to think of a space where an audience would actually expect to hear the music that we're playing. You know, we could pick a venue in Douglas and, you know, on a Friday night, but it's it's not 
if anything it would just jar and spoil the atmosphere but sitting a bit quietly and in a space where you um, are perhaps expecting a cinema a cinematic experience mm-hmm. your mind is more in tune to that kind of like okay I'll relax I'll let this sort of wash over me and kind of hear the development and hear it here as it grows when I was playing a lot more music I used to do the looping stuff on my own but use just mostly guitars and I found the best places to play with the chill out rooms in kind of hard techno clubs at about three in the morning it was a brilliant space to play it was very hard for me because I was just exhausted but these sort of people had been up all night dancing to hard techno wanted something kind of mellow and long form and I just loved playing in those kinds of environments because the audience was wanting to hear what you're playing and I think as a musician there is nothing worse than playing to an audience that doesn't want to hear the music that you're playing you know it's a really frustrating experience for both sides I think Hmm. absolutely and so as an audience member you're both going to be able to watch the film and Hmm. see Hmm. the music being improvised being devised around you will the eye be allowed to kind of flitter between the two our our filmmaker colleague Anthony Dalton who he will be showing the film but also will be trying to dress the set a little bit so there'll be something more visual around it I would expect the eye to be mostly on the film but then to see the musicians occasionally and we're going to play with a space you know the art centre is brilliant in 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 Port Erin and we've been, been given the chance to kind of go and play with the set space before we do the film so there will be a little bit of experimentation around that which again it's nice to use the word devising it's sort of devising the experience on the day and we've got ideas about maybe projecting onto other surfaces or projecting onto us or maybe some objects as well so we 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 hope it will be a visually stimulating experience as much as a you know musically stimulating experience and of course the complete other side of this is that you know the the event in Port Erin is all about the silent film which is in itself just a fascinating thing because we don't you know we're used to cinema and we're used to kind of a pace of narrative that is totally alien from films that are made a hundred years ago because they didn't really have that kind of art you know that language of film completely embedded so we've been playing along to these silent films for a bit just kind of finding it really interesting and they're weird you know everything's a bit weird it's it's almost a bit sort of pseudo theater in a way because it's very facial expression rather than you know the subtlety of cinema that happened in the 60s and later and you know people reacting and kind of like <gasps> trying to tell the story which i find amazing you know and you don't know what film you're going to show yet no that's also part of it. It, it you know randomness and kind of um, improvisation is all part of the experience and so we're going to pick the film on the day and we're probably not going to watch it in advance either we just pick it from a random wow. source i kind of talk about soundtrack or score and it's not necessarily you know people think score and they think of orchestral score and it's very well rehearsed to the emotional moments ours is something more about it's a bit rubbish language but associated meaning you know we'll find a way of like that's interesting it's very snowy or very woodland and then we'll just use that as a bit of a way of influencing what we're doing so i hope i hope it's interesting for people i really like doing it and sometimes that's an, an okay thing you know i'm making stuff that makes me feel happy and makes me feel pleased and it's, i don't mean that in a selfish way just in a it's nice to do that sometimes it's nice to make things that you're proud of or enjoy Absolutely. And it sounds like something that you just have to go along and jump two feet in and kind of take it for what it is, enjoy it and and experience it. And I'm sure for lots of people, it might be something new that they've that they've not. I hope so. Yeah, it's not a totally revolutionary idea, this idea of playing music to a silent film. You you can get it in in, in many different places. But I was talking to a friend on the island and he was like, oh, wow, I've never I've never experienced that before. So I think firstly, you know, watching a silent film is something that we're not used to doing. So Mm -hmm. that can be an interesting thing. Um, synths always make a lovely noise, especially if you're into sort of 1970s Doctor Who. It's that kind of a noise. You know, everyone, I say everyone likes that. I like that. And then, you know, improvised music maybe also something is, isn't 
something people are quite used to kind of going to and so yeah i hope i hope it'd be a nice experience for people to come i should I'm, i should sell this shouldn't i it's going to be brilliant <laughs> it's going to be the best thing ever how can people find out more and um, sure. and get involved it's on the erin arts website um there's stuff there um there's not an enormous amount of digital kind of footprint from kittleland the project that we're doing yet this is one of our first forays into this kind of an area um so we're still building a bit of that. But then, yeah, we're going to hopefully put more music online and stuff like that. So the Air and Art Centre will at least give you about ticketing information and, you know, timings of the event. And, and hopefully people are interested in coming along. So it's the 5th of December yep. at the Air and Art Centre. What yep. time? 7.30. So 7.30. Venue's open from 7. Uh, the film will probably be, I mean, like I say, it'll probably be about 90 minutes long, 85 minutes long. Joff Whitten talking about what the musical project Kitterland this Sunday will entail. Here's a little snippet of the musical project sound. Let's take a trip to the world of poetry now. I joined Bridge Carter in the studio, organiser of the successful annual Poetry Slam, which took place last month on the island. Keen to find out a little bit more about poetry, I asked her, how do you become a slammer? Anybody can be a slammer. A slammer is somebody who's got something to say, um, who wants to put it maybe into a poetry type format. Um, you just get up and you you do your thing. You say your thing. You want to talk about uh, a funny thing that's happened to your experience. You want to talk about uh, feminism. You want to talk about uh, non-binary. Anything, anything, topical issues. Yourself, you just want to get up there and ha- it's a platform for people to express themselves, so to speak. Um, it's been around for many 
many years. It's quite recently, quite it's relatively quite new to the Isle of Man. Say 2012 was the first slam on Ireland, and from there it's grown really. So of course now more people are. It's not necessarily all political or anything like that. It's funny. It's like stand-up comedy. It's serious. It's sad. We had people in the crowd were just weeping one minute and howling with laughter the next minute. So it's so diverse. Anything goes. So how to become a slammer? Really, just um, just have something to say. I can say from personal experience, I've often got lots of things to say or lots of things that are going on in my mind that I want to kind of vocalise or or at least express. Yeah. But how do you then put your thoughts into a kind of poetic form? And what does that look like? Slam poetry is not like poetry on the page. It doesn't have metre. It doesn't have rhyme. It's not got academia and stuff like that. So you can literally just write it as you as as it is. You often read it as you've written it anyway so for somebody else to pick it up and read it they're going to go oh I don't get I don't understand this if it's uh, an academic person or whoever really if you're looking at it in a poetic format it's not always I look at some of the people who have left stuff behind and it's it's definitely not in a poetic format but it, it they they did it so well it's like rap or whatever you can rap it you can do whatever it is a poetry slam the poetry word comes from the obviously the old days where they used to read stories and remember them and go and often rhyming it and stuff so a lot of it is rhyme it's easier to remember I think for people if it's rhyme but not everybody has to remember if you you're more comfortable just reading it as it is um, in a in a rap or whatever it has to sort of be I don't know it has to be interesting though it's not just stand up there and say well I had this happen to me blah 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 although I'm not saying that you can't do that if that's what you you know if you think that that's your bag then go Mm -hmm. for it but this is a competition and so there's a, you know, it's stiff competition as well. And it's usually the poetic side of it that tops it. I think a lot of people, what they do is they come along to the slam just to get a general idea of what goes, what it's all about. And I leave plenty of paperwork on the tables, how to be a slammer, it, to, what guidelines in a sense, really. Sort of like, you know, put your thoughts down onto paper, uh, go along to, like Hazel Tear had the open mic nights. It gives you a bit more confidence, build up your confidence to read your poetry out loud and then go off to a slam and see what the people before you have done, create how they express themselves. Then you have, you can form your own idea of how you would react, how you do It's so diverse. Mm-hmm. No one's really really the same they don't deliver it the same you know I mean a few people have got up there and they've read it as it's just a poem and then realised actually halfway through that they can do something a bit more and so they start off reading and then become a bit more dynamic and they're all over the place and then you know giving it full speed ahead and you can see the confidence towards the end of that uh, that performance and then the next year they come back with great gusto because they've been practising and they're really up there and giving it spiel. I mean, Brintha, she's grown so much over the last year since she's been the youth bard and she put on such a performance. I mean, she wasn't in the slam, but she started it off. She kick-started it. We had a lot of poems on non-binary, domestic abuse. We've had funny poems about Cock Robin. We've had poems about junk, poems about spiders. They're so diverse. And do you ever have to put a time limit on? Yeah. Uh Three minutes. They're allowed three minutes to get what they've got out. They can say three, four poems, however many poems they want to say or perform Mm -hmm. within that three minutes. But when that three minutes is up, 
we used to have a beeper, so it would go beep or ring or whatever, but that would put performers off. So they were just like, what, 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 like, you know. <laughs> so now we just do it silent, leave it silent. They don't need to. Once they go over, let them crack on. And then we take points off. So once they get to like 10 seconds over, we take a point off. Then the next 10 seconds, a point off or just under. So as soon as they hit nine seconds, you know, it's going to go one point off. So the unfortunate thing is it doesn't matter how good you are at your performance, how spectacular the content is. At the end of the day, if you run over and you've got top points and you're, you know, deducted points for going over, you might come second, third or whatever. How many years has the slam been running for now? So it started in 2012 um, and then it's just grown from there. It's been every year. We've not missed a year since even with COVID. We had quite a good uh, run last year. We had a Christmas one last year because it hasn't been able to fit in with Manx Lit Fest this, because obviously we haven't had a Manx Lit Fest, but we still ran the slam. So this is our, so where are we, 12, eight years? Oh, that's that's fast yeah. maths, isn't it? Eight, yeah, yeah, yeah. Eight, nine, nine. That was your ninth year? Oh, yeah, ninth, 21, yeah, nine. Yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah, I'm so busy. <laughs> is it really that long? <gasps> and how did it all start off? Yeah, so it started off because of what? Okay, so I actually won the first slam. It was actually the first and only slam it was just a one-off it was just something they introduced just for a change just some like they do every so often let's just have a, one of these as people part of over lit fest. as part of manx lit fest and it was just so i didn't know what to expect i didn't have i've never been to a slam because there wasn't one before and i did work i did do a lot of poetry um and went i was at the isle of man poetry society and there we used to go and meet up every sunday every three weeks on a sunday and we'd read our poetry out loud and that was great so of course when i got to this slam it was reading your poetry out loud um but it was on a microphone there was all these people watching you and it was mm. a competition it was like ooh, what do you do and you've only got three minutes it was all totally new so i went off with my poem about a brussels sprout and another one about a fridge and another one about something else god knows what it was now but anyway it was like right okay but you i realized that people were as soon as they got to the mic they opened the mouth they started taking the points and stuff and I thought oh, oh gosh I've only got three minutes to read this and I don't like okay so I flew up to the microphone going and oh, this one's about a Brussels sprout <laughs> <laughs> the next one's about a fridge and the next one's about the Bee Gees and I got there and I started reading my poetry so I knew I'd and fitted in with the guide, the timeline. And after that, I thought, great, I won. I think I only won. I had points. The other guy who should have won, I think, really, he had points deducted because he did go over. So that's why I won. But I did think I did okay, you know, to have mm-hmm, got there. Mm-hmm. Um, so after that, I was quite chuffed. I was so exhilarating, so exciting. And I said to John Quirk, that was fabulous. Oh, I can't wait for next year. I'm really going for it next year. And he went, oh, well, we're not going to do it anymore. We're not, we're not having a slam anymore. That was just a one off. We just brought um, the bar de bath over and. Uh, she compared it. It was a really good night. I thought, well, what a shame. Mm-hmm. I went home and I thought, I, you know, I had such a buzz. And I thought, that buzz was so unique to me. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And it was a platform. And I thought you could utilise that platform to, you know, for everything, anything you have to say. And I thought, I want to do that again. So I thought about it, spoke to John and I said, you know what, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do it myself. That's right. Keep your eyes peeled, ready for next year's Poetry Slam. And sticking with the theme of poetry, I met with Hazel Tier, another local poet, to hear her story. Well, I've been writing all my life, really. I've always dabbled. I've had periods where I've not written much at all and then come back to it. I studied English at university, um, Edge Hill, uh, a long time ago, uh, and did the poetry section on that. So, yes, really, it's always been there. Yeah. And... I've just got more into it in a way. And has it always been poetry or has it been different types of creative writing? 
Well, I do dabble with short stories, but I'm a bit lazy. <laughs> so I get a, a really good idea. I've got several in the pipeline at the moment. And I start it and then I kind of run out of steam halfway through. Right. Poetry is so immediate, really. Although, to be fair, I do have unfinished poems all over the place as well. <laughs> Some of them arrive fairly quickly and others I'll get an idea and I'll start it and I'll fiddle around with it. And then it's put in the, you know, the to-do list and then something else comes up that I can finish more quickly. So that one gets abandoned for a while and it's all a bit hit and miss, really. (laughs) But uh, I managed to write nearly 100, so... How does inspiration strike? Just anything, really. Um, I I don't write to order uh, I, I can but it's more difficult in a way it's things that happen in, uh, in everyday life really and if something annoys me I'll often write about that but in a humorous way and try and put a good punchline at the end to make the point without being you know too pedantic really and has humor been a theme throughout your work it is but I do write other things as well uh, I have more serious issues that I write about so but I enjoy I enjoy running off a good uh, comic, po- it's almost like stand-up comedy, really. If you get it right, mm-hmm. um, you sort of draw the the listener in if you can, and then really, you know, hit them with a, a funny last line. Hopefully, you use your writing, you use your poetry as a way of expressing yourself. Yes. Do you do you get this feeling where you know if you've not written in a long time that you just need to get something on the paper, and and what does that feel like? Yes, it is. It's like um, a sort of inner agitation that I think. Oh, you know, I really... But it doesn't... It's no use if there's nothing there. Uh, so I won't sit down. Some people like to experiment with different styles, like haiku and things like that. But I'm... I, and they just they just do it to try and write in that style. But um, mine arrive in the style they arrive in, basically. Uh-huh. Um, so it's no use me sitting down to write one. Uh, it'll be something that pops into my head or something I overhear and I think oh yeah that's uh, you know something to explore and it'll keep banging around in my head until it comes out as something sometimes at night as well <laughs> so I have to get up and, and write things down sometimes um, uh, so yeah that's how they, they happen and if I'm having a dry spell it's usually because nothing's popped into my head rather than me not sitting down and trying to write something. Do you feel like your work is made to be performed or is it made to be read? Both really. Some of it, the comedy stuff is is better to perform because I, you can get the nuances in the, the words and the pauses. You know, sometimes there's, uh, there's one I have that I have um, a very telling pause in it and people kind of like that bit to kind of catch up and have a bit of a laugh. And so when they're reading it, obviously it's not quite the same. Um, probably the more serious stuff is better read, but I'm, you know, happy to to perform any of them really and you have got a book coming out soon well hopefully soon yes it's um on its final draft now with the printers so i hope it'll be out in a couple of weeks uh it's called life and other inconveniences and um it's just that really it's about all the things in life some happy some sad things that have touched me or things that have annoyed me or uh, and things like falling over in the street and how embarrassing it is or being plopped on by a bird <laughs> plus some more serious stuff. Um, so it's just a general collection of everything I, I've written over quite a few years, actually. I've just been so busy doing stuff, other stuff, that I haven't actually got down round to my own 
work. And so how can we keep up to date with the book and look to purchase when it's available? The best way is probably through my email address. It's music underscore freak, F-R-E-A-K, at hotmail.com. So if you drop me an email, I'll try and get a copy to whoever wants one. And as Hazel said, her new book, Life and Other Inconveniences, will be out very, very soon. And all the proceeds are going to the Alzheimer's Society. And that's it from me today. Lovely to be with you here on this Wednesday evening. Thank you for tuning in to Spotlight with me, Michelle. And I'll be back next week, same time, same place. And we'll be talking music and glitter. See you then.